0: Hello there, happy Tuesday. I'm really excited about today's episode because I get to introduce to you uh, such a good friend and a woman really of great wisdom. I'm excited to sit down with Elisa Padanato and talk to her about the daily joys and sorrows of life and what it means to trust, to trust both in the big and the small. And I just hope you enjoy her as much as I do. Welcome to Trust is My Home, a weekly podcast about living a covenant of trust with the Father. From Loretto House here in Austin, Texas to your own home, this podcast seeks to lay down and enflesh the foundation of trust that becomes the true rock on which to build a home. Each week we will talk about realigning our lives toward the Father. What does it mean to trust Him? If God is a good father, and we believe that, how does that change the way we live our lives? We'll dig deep into the hidden treasures of the hearts of mothers and fathers who are choosing to live radical trust in God, and speak honestly about the challenges and the testimonies that come from such a life. This is a podcast from this home to your homes, meant to reach into the sometimes lonely struggles to weave encouragement, joy, and community into your day. So, whether you're driving, cleaning, folding, or just stopping to listen, welcome to Trust is My Home. Hi, welcome back to Trust is My Home. Today I am so blessed to be recording from the home of Lisa Perinato, a very special mother and friend uh, to me. And I am excited to hear her story and also, to share her own insights into this beautiful prayer, the abandonment prayer, and we will kind of talk about what that prayer is, and why are we talking about it? Well, I think if we go back, we saw, if we have a good father, we can trust him, and we talked about belonging. but today, what do you do you know when you 're not necessarily feeling right away? <laughs> That sense of belonging. What are our tools or things that can help us to kind of give permission to God to bring us into deeper belonging? And so, today's conversation uh, is really kind of about the abandonment prayer. And the reason why I asked uh, Lisa to to speak about this is that I believe it's very special to her. And and the reason why is that uh, she's chosen to put it on a very special card. And so. I will let her talk a little bit about um, who she is and, and what this prayer might mean to you. So thank you so much, Lisa, for welcoming me into your own home and for sharing a little bit of your own self with us.
1: Okay. You're welcome. And I'm happy to be here with you. Um, uh, my name's Lisa and I am um, the wife to Chris and the mother to Matthew and Sarah and a- you know, a few other hats that I wear, but those are my my main roles. But I realize that those yeah. things are are not the most important thing. And the most important thing is that I am a daughter of God, and I'm really thankful for that today. <laughs> Too, thank <It's> you, Jesus. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, what what has brought me to this point, to being able to come and talk to you about. This prayer and about trust in general is um, my son Matthew uh, was diagnosed with leukemia when he was four, and he battled leukemia for six years, went in and out of remission, and then in 2015 he passed away from leukemia.
0: So that's kind of when I, I met you, and mm-hmm. um, I met you, I guess, at the cross um, on this journey, and. Um, so when I say that this this prayer is very special, is that it's on the card on Matthew's little prayer card. Um, it was the prayer that both you and Chris thoughtfully chose to to put on this card. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so maybe you can tell us a, a little bit about uh, Matthew, and maybe a little bit about Sarah as well. But a little bit about Matthew's journey and why why did you choose to put this prayer on on your card? Um,
1: um, Matt's journey was a long one. And if you have yourself been through, or you have a loved one that's been through any kind of intense treatment, um, you know, that it requires a special level of trust and, um, a special relationship with God, because Mm -hmm. otherwise, I mean, I, I know there are people who do it. I don't know how they do it (laughs) without God and without that trust. And Matt at a very young age, um, had developed that trust. I mean, from, from early when they were little, I mean, we took them to church forever, but you know, they're only four, Mm -hmm. they, they understand God and Jesus and, um, that we love Jesus and all of that, but to, you know, go into a hospital and every day let strangers poke and prod at you and give you medicines that are going to make you sick and all of that kind of stuff. You know, how you do that as a four-year-old, I don't know, besides trust. You trust in your parents and you trust in God and you move forward.
0: So in that trust, I mean, everything you're kind of saying about Matthew, I guess it kind of has to be true of you as a mother as well, because, um, you know, we say sometimes the worst suffering is seeing those people that we love suffer. And I'm guessing even more so as a mother watching your child suffer, Um, I can't even, I don't know, there's not really words so I'm not going to ask you to put words to that. But I will ask you if you can remember, you know, when you first got the diagnosis. um, Is that really when you first realized, okay, God, like, I need to put this in your hands or would you say that you were living a pretty deep relationship of trust beforehand or was it something that in the moment that you got kind of news that changed your life? How did this trust grow in you?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I I had always had a good relationship with God Mm -hmm. um, and felt very blessed. And as a matter of fact, I attended CHIRP. And, you know, if you know anything about CHIRP, there's a lot of sharing that Mm -hmm. goes on. And some of the sharing is heavy. And people were sharing. And I thought, why am I here? Mm Because I don't have anything heavy. I'm very blessed in my life. It's been very ordinary and wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, that's when my the kids were only six months old. Four years later, then I was still friends with all those women I went through CHIRP with, very close with them. And that's when Matt got his diagnosis. And that's when I was able to draw on those relationships to really remind me of my own relationship with God and remind me that God gives us whatever we need to get us through and sometimes that's people
0: yeah i really love that you pointed out how the friendships God put in place already were kind of there for you mm-hmm. uh, and how important relationships are to trusting god actually so that's not something that we often think about we think of it as like it's like a single journey me trusting god but it sounds like for you it was also the trust of others that helped your own trust
1: yeah because when you're in such a just an unimaginable place your mind cannot process all of that stuff on your own Um, and you you can't pray sometimes you can't utter any word that makes sense but you know that the people around you will do it for you
0: I'm really glad you said that I think that's really beautiful wow I, I actually think that's a really important point and I'm laughing because I can see that, like God is trying to point that out right now, because it's not you know this understanding of being trust for others. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's really true, you know. When we are the ones in the darkness, we do need others to trust for us. Do you ever feel like in this journey with Matt? So it's six years. It was it six years for you, going yeah. in and out of hospitals with mm-hmm. Matt, and watching him lose his hair, and not being able to attend school in a normal way. Would you like say that you learned trust from Matt at all? Or did you see him witness any kind of like, his own kind of faith grow within that time?
1: Definitely in in different ways. Um, It wasn't always easy. I mean, he would challenge me and and (laughs) so I think that that did make my trust my own trust in God grow cuz he would say mom why does god let this happen to me mm. and that would be you know in the in the most difficult time so i think in particular was when he relapsed so we were everything was great we were you know 3 years through the first round of leukemia and he was in remission and it was a beautiful lovely thing and every life was as normal as possible he was Mm -hmm. back in school everything was just great and um and then he relapsed and then we were right back in the hospital planning for the next crazy round of treatment and and he said why does god let this happen to me and what you know what do you say at that point like we just have to trust which is what i said but it sounds like such a lame answer but it's true. I mean, that's yeah. our option. <laughs> I
0: know. It's, like, it's like we're out of options here. We could either not trust God or we can right. trust God. We can try okay. to control
1: this ourselves, and we know that's not going to have the right <laughs> result either. Um, but if we trust God, we know that he will give us what we need to get through this. And I, I told him, I don't know why God is letting this happen to mm-hmm. you. Um, all we can do is trust that he has a plan and that plan is better than anything that we could plan ourselves. Well,
0: I'm just thinking about just the helplessness kind of in front of a question like that. Um, And what you're saying, like, that's pretty much our only choice, you know. Um, Some people would say, well, you could just say, not trust him, but it seems like that's when we're most called to trust, you know, in those moments where it feels like, okay, I'm clearly not in control here. So, somebody else has to be in control mm-hmm. and I clearly don't have the answers, so somebody else has to have the answer, mm-hmm. and that somebody for us is really is god mm-hmm. and did you ever see have like could you point to moments where you felt like you know there's there's moments where you're like, I just can't keep going on, like I just can't do this where God kind of showed himself to you or to Matt
1: um I think. I can't think of any particular moments. I know they exist mm-hmm. um, because we did get through it, and it's not something that you, is humanly possible uh, without those moments.
0: Yeah. I guess um, I remember you saying something about um, Matt liking the prayer, Jesus, I trust in mm-hmm. you. Do you. Do you remember when he, like how did he kind of discover that prayer, or did you, did you teach the prayer to him?
1: I I did. Um, we had learned about the Divine Mercy mm. novena, and when we were having those difficult times, I said we just have to trust in Jesus. And so, if this wasn't. He was in second grade mm. when this happened, and we would just say, "Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you," and it would calm him down completely from whatever up, was upsetting him at the moment. And it worked for him. So whenever we had those moments, we would just say that, wow. and and that was that was a beautiful thing to I know see. That
0: that's sometimes in, you know, alone in my house. Those are the words that are constantly coming out of my house, my yeah. mouth. My, my mouth. Like I just, I understand that. Like it's almost like you're trying to push the anxiety away, yeah, um, by replacing it with trust, even if you don't feel it, right? So. I think it's really important to distinguish between feeling trust and mm-hmm. like trusting, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're suffering, or when you're suffering because of somebody else's suffering and you see no clear resolution in sight, um, you don't feel trust. Like, what does trust feel like? But when we make an act of trust, when we say, I don't feel it, but Jesus, I trust that you're in charge, we're inviting Him into the situation. To be there mm-hmm. and we're saying we're kind of like giving space to him we're like yeah. moving the anxiety aside and saying please step in to this place of anxiety to this place of suffering yeah we're inviting you with our trust mm-hmm. and um
1: yeah i think when you do that you put jesus in front of it so he jesus take takes me. it <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. other the other thing that matt used besides the jesus i trust in you was Um, his beloved second grade teacher, Mrs. Castro, um, used to do in the classroom, Jesus breaths. And she would, when, you know, something was getting a little either out of hand Mm -hmm. or the kids were having a rough time or whatever, she would say, okay, everybody just stop what you're doing and let's take a, let's take a Jesus breath. And so you inhale in like a big deep breath and then Slowly exhale, Jesus I love it. and it it was amazing to see like I saw that work with a that. whole bunch of seven and eight year old kids, which is amazing, yeah, um, and so that was also a gift that that prayer from her was something else that Matt could grab onto, I think. For a couple reasons one breathing is super important yes, I, <laughs> yes definitely um it doesn't seem like a lesson you should have to learn over and over right but it's true right. i mean You're just right. if you stop and take a breath it changes everything but and because he loved mrs castor so much he, anything she would say he would no, believe just and just take it in his hands so that prayer also was really healing for him
0: you know it's really beautiful when um, you think about it. Both you as a mother and then his teacher, Miss Castro, like what, did, what 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 tools did they give him? They taught him the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. and you know they have that song like there's power in the name of Jesus, and in a way that's what a beautiful thing to teach a child to call the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. and you can see how that was even a gift for him. Then it's it's like sometimes we forget the most simple like the most simple things, and so that's. I'm, I was, you know, you can sometimes find yourself. Wait, like, have I even exhaled, like, at all yes. for, you know, a day? Because <laughs> you, you just like I have been holding my breath, yeah, this whole time, and so it's good to remember just the simple things of breathing and then applying that to the name of Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, you know, going through going through this and then ultimately, like, when things were when things were getting more difficult, I know. Um, it was the beginning of that school year, and he w- took a turn for the worse. Um, for you and Chris, you know, when you were seeing like this, looks like we might lose him. I mean, what what kind of trust was required there? Because there's like the daily struggle, when you're fighting for your son, fighting for your son, fighting for your son. But then, how do you transition from that place to a place of okay? Are we supposed to keep fighting, or are we supposed to like offer him back to the father and it seems like that's a really big jump um mm-hmm. from you know this isn't something where you know some people lose somebody right away suddenly right so they're they're not faced with this kind of as you know like when you are so used to being warrior mom like what you have to be when you have a child in the hospital like it it's just um you have to be his voice in a way that is different than just having a kid on the playground you know mm-hmm. and uh So I'm just wondering for you, like, what what took place in your heart in that movement from, like, fighting for him to realizing, you know, possibly opening our hands to to let the Father receive him? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like that was a big moment for you?
1: Um, Yeah. I think we were preparing for it along the way, little things. I think throughout, from the beginning, when he was four until the end, when he was almost ten, The one piece of trust or the one... Well, there were some that we had to have all the time, but the one thing besides trusting God was trusting each other, me and Chris. Like, we had to be a team in this. We didn't have to experience it differently because you can't. Men and women don't experience things the same way, and we didn't. We didn't experience it the same, but we listened to each other and understood where the other person was coming from and and we're able to come together every day and get on the same page and and give it to God as much as we could. We're both we both like to control things. <laughs> so that was hard, but we knew that it, you know, ultimately we're powerless in this. But so from the beginning, you know, the trust was, okay, we gotta trust the doctors. We have to trust that we're in the right place. But at the same time, we have to trust our parental instincts to know you need to back off of my son right now and we'll come back to this later. Um, So that there was that kind of trust and that, you know, all of that kind of went on and grew um, over time. We had to trust that when we went to bed at night, that God would watch over Matt and it was okay for us to rest. And then we had to trust that God would give us what we need the next day. Mm And then, as we got closer to the end, um, there were some times I can think of that we didn't trust very well, but we tried. (laughs) Because it's hard to to let go. Like, Matt knew. Yes. He knew it was done. Wow. And he said it one time. And we were like, he doesn't really mean that. Right. Um, Like, he was trying to prepare you. Yeah. And then shortly after that, um, there was a doctor that came and talked to us and said, we need to make some difficult plans. Hmm. Um, we need to talk about what is going to happen if we have to, um, intubate Matt. And do you want that option or do you want, do you want to make that choice? Um, we need to talk about, what happens to him once once these things stop working right and once his organs start failing and so that that conversation happened i don't know how long but at least a few weeks or months before he passed away but that was kind of a shocker right it's and kind I, of
0: like it comes up cold and hard like here it is
1: and and to really have to trust their god like what what do we do what's the right thing what does the church say mm-hmm. um we met with our um pastor at the t- time father michael and had a conversation with him and you know trusted what yeah. he told us trusted that we would try to listen to god as much as we could in this and not just do what we had thought would you know be the right thing and then at the end Um, on the day he died we had a conversation and gosh it it was late in the afternoon it could have been the three o'clock hour Mm -hmm. and I think it was because we had listened to the divine mercy chaplet on the radio Mm -hmm. because they were praying for Matt that day and um, then we said okay God if this is if this is your plan, then go ahead. Don't, but please, don't let him suffer anymore. Yeah. And also, if it's not your plan, if it's with in your will, let him. Let this be a miracle. Yeah,
0: I know that we were, you know, the students at the school. You know, we were praying also for a miracle, and every day. And um, I remember the day and coming back coming back to school and the students saying, but we, we prayed you know we, we prayed for him and then going to even a deeper level of trust there. but we'll just uh, take a break here and um, when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the prayer and then also what it means to trust now um, as you're going. so okay. So we're back with Lisa, and she was, you know, we just kind of left off with you speaking about that kind of moment of surrender, of, of saying to the Lord, you know, um, if this is what you want, we say yes, or we trust you. Um, but if you want a miracle, we'll, we'll have a miracle. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to, and then I, kind of from my side, I remember having to really walk the students through this, like. Uh, some people feel like, well, I trusted God. And you know what? There's no miracle. So um, there must not be a God, or he must not hear my prayers, or my trust must not be important, or it must not be good enough, because Matt died. And I'll never forget um, one of Matt's really good friends in school. She's like, uh, the, a got. she came up to me, and she's like, I'm not sad that Matt died because he's in heaven. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, she was like annoyingly joyful, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it was like, she was so full of this kind of hope and joy mm-hmm. that, um, that it kind of like answered the question, you know, um, it was a child. And yeah. I think that what really struck me, it really, uh, it was so striking to me, actually Matt's funeral um, you had the open casket, and the students, his his classmates, you know, because he was in school through a computer that time. Mm-hmm. And, but he was very loved, and by the whole school. And um, I will never forget, in that, uh, in the wake, watching the the students go up with so much, almost like a buoyancy in their step, like they were not afraid, and mm-hmm. they were going to go say goodbye to their friend Matt. Yeah. And I was the, looking at these children, and then I was looking at the, the opposite, like the parents were like, I do not want to be here, I don't even want to think about this as a possibility, but I'll be here for my child. And I'll, I'll never forget this one image, and I don't know who it was, but there was a young man, and he was walking up, and his dad was like really muscular, like a marine or military, and there was a prey dude right in front of, uh, of Matt, and, it looks like this father's the strong one, you know, holding his son, but it was actually the opposite. It was the son giving strength to the father. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the trust in God, there's something so important about that child likeness. Yeah. That at least for me, that was such a, it was such a profound moment. I even, I wrote, like I did a, like a journal entry about it because it was so striking to me, how we as adults are, we were the ones having the hardest time, of course. Yeah. Um, Parents, I can understand, but but these children, in a sense, they were accepting. Like, of course, you know, God said there's heaven, so why are like he's he's in heaven, so why are we worried? You yeah, know, and yeah. so I think that when we talk about trust or even miracles, we have to ask ourselves: like, are we believing like the message of our faith? And sometimes a child just reminding you can kind of almost be like a slap in the face. Like, oh yeah, like it's not just you know, I mean. <laughs> I, obviously there's still the sorrow but it was a beautiful witness to see the faith of these young people.
1: It was. It was a, a really powerful thing for me too because I was so worried about the kids because they had poured, poured out so much love and so many prayers for Matt. You know they gave him um, so many cards and stuff when he was in the hospital and it really got him through like he loved to look at those things and then after his his bone marrow transplant uh we came back here and there was a big sign over the garage Mm. that all his friends had signed and all that kind of stuff so the kids were way into this with us and especially because sarah was his second bone marrow donor they were in it for her too yeah and i was so worried about what's going to happen to their faith right because they prayed and god didn't answer their prayer and so what i had to learn was god answered the prayer, just not in the way, not with the answer that we all wanted or thought was the best thing. Um, And then when I saw them, you know, at the funeral and the viewing, and then again, at the celebration of Matt's life afterwards, I was reminded that we've been teaching them all these years, you know, that our God is a loving God and that when we die, we get to go to heaven. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, this is what you've been yeah. teaching us all these years. And so this is, yes. this is joyful.
0: Is oftentimes, have much more resilience than I think they are less, um, they have like tried to take control less. Like, so as we get older, we start believing this myth that we're in control of our life. Yeah, yeah. So we have more to let go of, but they're still in that kind of, as much as they're in the stage of letting go, they're like, yeah, but God's going to be there, you know? Right. And sometimes there's confusing, but they're they're pretty accepting of, okay, God, his plan, you know, and it can be startling at times. Uh, But obviously, I'm just thinking right now, too, of this, of Sarah's journey in this, um, and the trust you must have had to have for her, you know, as you're watching, you know, Sarah lose her twin twin brother, and give her the space that she needed as well, you know, in this. And I'm thinking about her at school, and Mm -hmm. that must have been, I mean, it's one thing, you, you lost your son, but, but then there's this um, wanting to hold the whole family together at the same time. I can imagine that that must have been very challenging. And probably yeah, I won't but say too
1: much about Sarah, you know, because I want to respect her yes. privacy. She's yeah. a pretty private person, but I will say it was a big trust for all of us for her to be a donor to Matt. Also, um, a trust just during his whole illness that God would help us to not let her fall to the wayside or not let right. her be forgotten.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then after he passed away, um, trust that, that God would be there for her in whatever, whatever way she needed him. Yeah. Um. And, you know, she, she got me through, through that beginning of the grieving process Mm. because she was still only, well, she was just about 10 and she still needed a mom, (laughs) you know, she still needed to go to school. She still needed to go to whatever activity she had. She still needed help with homework and all of that. And she was very joyful and and just kept me from sinking.
0: That's really beautiful. And I appreciate your desire to reverence your daughter. So I, I, I won't ask you any more because I, I think that's really important to give people the space that they need as well. But I I'm just really impressed with her and um and just just thinking about her own journey. I know sometimes when you have something that goes like a, a tragedy in the family, um, like she's not defined by that, like she's mm-hmm. she's Sarah you mm-hmm. know, and she she's lost her brother but but this is but she's her own person that, yeah. that God has a plan for, and um I can imagine i mean but that continues i guess the the trust in your life as you're you're watching her grow up as well um so just to be delicate enough to <laughs> to speak about Matt but also to give that reference to Sarah right now um
1: yeah, I think that's you know in, in- our growth forward as a family um, just trusting and I know you know I speak for a lot of my fellow parents out there that have teenagers. Trust during parenting teenagers is a must <laughs> <laughs> uh, a trust in god <laughs> yes. um oh my gosh and and she's a really good teenager, so you know I can just only imagine what it'd be like if. It was otherwise, but, um, every day I have to remind myself to trust like I did when we were going through Matt's illness, that God will give all of us what we need to get through these years Mm -hmm. and trust that as children of God, he won't let us mess up too badly (laughs) before he steps in and says, okay, let's, let's try to take this in a different direction. Um,
0: you know, so then going back then to, um, to the abandonment prayer. I was wondering, if, mm-hmm. first of all, could you read the abandonment prayer? Or would you want me to read it? I can read it. Why don't you read it? Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm actually going to read it from Matt's card here, his face smiling at me. Um, because I think that this encapsulates kind of this conversation. But then I want to ask you um, really about why you decided to put this in my, the back of the card. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all, I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve. And with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. I just love this pic- this picture that you have, like on the card with Matt, because it's like a somebody determined. He's like, "Okay, God, like I'm ready for all. I accept all." Mm-hmm. And it just seems very kind of like a soldierly, you know, like mm-hmm. he's like, "I just." It speaks kind of of his courage. But I don't know. So I I was actually blessed and surprised that that was the, the prayer that you put on the back of the card. So I want I don't even know the answer. So I'm excited to hear um when you were trying to decide and you're making it a little card for Matthew um how is it that you decided that this was the prayer
1: I um I hadn't even heard of that prayer um until after Matt died and I was in confession and my penance was to look up that prayer and recite it daily for a while I don't remember at this point yeah. because it was a long time ago how how often for or for how long and it's a hard prayer to say and mean. Yes. To really, really, truly mean what's in there. But as I read it, I thought, this is what Matt did. Mm. He did this. Mm-hmm. He he did it at such an early age. And um, I, and I just thought...
0: Whatever you do, I thank you. You know, it's like, yeah.
1: He had surrendered and given himself to God long before Chris and I were able to to do the same for right. him, and um, I, I it requires a hundred percent trust in God, right. and he had that, and I aspire to that, and so I I think that's why why we chose it because it seemed to us to encapsulate the amount of trust that Matt had in God. Right and it gives us something to work towards because certainly we're not there yet, but we try. And um, I think that it's something that that has to be practiced and it has to be intentional. The times that I have done it, um, surrendered completely and trusted, there has been um, a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. Not always an easy peace, but definitely peace and the ability to breathe and move keep moving
0: yeah you know i just when i'm praying this prayer i was thinking about matt i just have this image of him like putting armor on um and going into battle with his prayer like kind of i can just see him like father like it's just like this image i just feel like I could, like he just like he's putting on his like for the day like you know I abandon myself into your hands. Like, he's, like, gearing up for the battle. And mm-hmm. he's putting on the armor of trust. You know, and he's like, I'm ready for all. I accept all. Yeah. I give you all the love of my heart. Mm-hmm. I abandon myself into your hands. I commend my spirit to you. You know, and let only your will be done in me. Uh, you know, for with boundless confidence for you are my Father. And so this kind of goes back to that. Well, okay, if we have the premise that we have a good father and we recognize at least in in some way that trusting him is a means to peace and a means to kind of live our life you know it's not like we have it's going to be perfect you know Mm -hmm. and I think that we also have to recognize that trust doesn't make you a perfect human being it just makes you a surrendered human being, you right. know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like, and then he never was mad again. Or, <laughs> you know, it's not this, like, I trust God, so I don't fail, you know, yeah. um, in being kind to others. Or I trust God. I mean, it seems like, it's like, here I am, the mess that I am, as I am, and as best as I can, I surrender myself into your hands. Right. And there's, like, really big moments in our life, and sometimes those moments seem the easiest to trust. Mm-hmm like when we're like when you get the prognosis or when this happens and it's like just the reality of that you're not in control just so like takes you to your knees almost without even you choosing to fall on your knees that trust can almost seem easier than the trust like oh which high school should my child go to or you know the trust of you know just the simple everyday trust
1: yeah where the there's plenty of options and yeah you know you're you have free will to make them and all of all of and that I think is that
0: we can slowly we can have moments where we go through things that are so difficult and kind of our only option so to speak is trust and then as things get more comfortable and easy we have to keep remembering like that we're not in control mm. <laughs> like it's like you can remember that you're not in control when you're not in control and then trust god but then like things come back you're like you know this is going good and then slowly we put things back in our hands like Yes, and they're like, oh man, you know, I've lost it. And so I think that's the hard thing sometimes is, okay, when I'm really on my knees, I trust God, but like how do I maintain, how do I maintain trust that reminds me I'm not in control like in the day-to-day?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What what is one thing that you could think of, and I'm just throwing it out there, (laughs) of like how would you, how do we practice trust or like releasing control when we're not in chaos or we're not in crisis, you know? What's one thing you might do, I guess?
1: I think it's, for me, it has to be like a daily, it should be a daily surrender. Like, okay, God, we're at another day. I give it to you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and truly surrendering. And I, I do try to do that the first thing when I wake up in the morning to say, okay, God, thank you for another day. Mm-hmm. Help me to live it according to your will. Right. Uh, but I don't always explicitly out loud say, I surrender it to you, right. <laughs> which is probably what I should do. But, but it's just to start my day with that reminder of, this day is a gift and let's not waste it.
0: It seems like we have to have a certain measure of kind of an inner silence to recognize um like so you know how you can get busy mm-hmm. and then we start our day that we can get really busy like we're going 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 it's almost like we have to be aware of ourselves at moments to renew that you know yeah. in little ways you know like driving somewhere and you're like yeah god i still surrender to you you know um
1: it could also be something you know because we are all so busy whether you're a mom or you're in, in working in your home or you're working at work or you're you know, a dad at work, or a single person who's helping others, or whatever it might be. Maybe there's like a small visual uh, reminder throughout your day of trust, whatever right. that might be. I really love be.
0: the three o'clock hour. For me, it's a big one. Um, it's always kind of like in, you know, it's a great stopping point in the day of always remembering. So, like the Divine Mercy um, image and the. Divine Mercy Chaplet, um, it's. I just always like to stop at three, kind mm-hmm. of, and say, okay, because that's really that reminder of trust. And and there's, but and I also think that when you're kind of going into a meeting or something, there's always these moments, you know, maybe you're in the bathroom before you go to the meeting, like there's like, those kind of like you're looking at yourself, you're gathering yourself, yeah, and so like those moments when we're gathering ourselves to act, that we are gathering ourselves into trust, you yeah, know? Um, like maybe we have to go into something difficult and so that we're just inviting God into that moment. Maybe it's a conversation with another parent that we're not necessarily getting along with or the coach or whatever. It's like, okay, before I go into this, I'm gonna just put this this in trust again.
1: Yeah, Um, and maybe it's uh, as simple as Mrs. Castro's Jesus Breath, you know? Jesus Breath, yes. Like just before you go into whatever it is, because also if you go into something super joyful that you're looking yeah. forward to, it's hard to almost calm yourself down enough that True. you can it, truly soak it all in. That's a good point. So if you just t- stop before you do whatever and take that deep Jesus breath and remember that you're trusting him with with your joys and with your sorrows. I always and... love you
0: because you always remind me that it's, I love it and it's such a good point. Like. <laughs> It's not just trusting in difficulty. It's also trusting in joy. Yeah. And it's funny because like, we could almost take that for granted, but it's actually necessary to remember that.
1: Jesus wants us to be happy. I yeah. I believe that. And so- I do not
0: contest that. I believe it too.
1: <laughs> and so we have to be willing to accept joy, which is another trust because, especially when you're grieving something mm-hmm. or someone, It's hard to believe that it's okay to receive joy. Mm -hmm. It's hard to think that you're worthy of that. Right. And I think.
0: It's not the betrayal. It's not a betrayal of the person you lost because you laughed or you had joy. Right. It's a gift.
1: And so you have to trust that God's going to protect you through that. Yes. Through the attacks of what kind of mother are you that you're out having a drink with your friends after your son died you know or whatever it might be that you know True. I don't know there's so many different kinds of grieving but you can still have joy and God wants that for you and it's important to embrace that because you can draw on that throughout the rest of your process
0: I really love that to trust God even in joy and to trust him that yeah, I trust him with our joy, you know. Um, that, like, the things we love are not going to be lost <laughs> because we have joy. You know, that's like, right. that, that, like uh, sometimes when you've lost someone, you're like, if I'm not in this state of, like, holding them in this place, you know, um, and feeling this pain constantly, then I'm going to forget them. And it's like, no, because I had fun with my son, Matt. So this could also remind me of him, too. Yeah. You know, um, that's a really good point. I thank you for that. I thank you so much for. For giving your time and um, hopefully this conversation is fruitful to to others and you know we're heading into uh, into that season that is filled with many different emotions Mm -hmm. and um, not everyone is, is going to Christmas with excitement or joy and so I think that's something that we can really pray for especially as we're in this novena towards Christmas that we give ourselves permission to receive joy this Christmas because it is a gift we already know that god wants to give Mm -hmm. no matter where we are that he wants to reach us with his joy whether we're in a difficult family situation or we're experiencing loss to let jesus put that gift in our hands the gift of joy and allowing ourselves to receive it and it can be piercing actually joy can pierce you Mm -hmm. um but it's a beautiful thing and it brings us more alive i thank you so much for sharing that with me and for sharing um a little bit of your story with the listeners, whoever they are, and have a blessed uh, journey towards the crib and Thank towards you. the king of joy. Yes. Thank you.
1: You too. Thank you. Bye bye.